Hey, what's up, Phil? Welcome to another live Q&A of yours. Truly hope y'all are doing well. Hope you guys are having a great Tuesday. Hope you guys are getting to it this week. And I hope you guys will be blessed by this video. But for those who's watching me for the very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzi, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be your coach here online. But for those who's been rocking me for a mighty long time, whether you've been a subscriber for 14 years or 14 minutes, I want to say thank you so much for trusting what God has entrusted to me. And I pray it continues to be treasure to you. But for those who's joining me, um, this is live Q&A. And if you're like, hey, man, how do I get my questions answered by this guy? Because after watching the video, like, man, okay, this guy can really answer some questions. Make sure you hit that all post notifications. Hit that bell. Subscribe, number one. Hit the bell, all that good stuff. But as everyone is coming in live, let me let you guys know about some things I got going on. Like my latest book, Facts Over Feelings, how to go from feeling to fulfilling the roles that God wants you to roll with and roll into. It's a great book to really help you really process the feelings and find the facts behind them. Also check out my book before this called The Wholeness Journal. If you want to hold things well, uh, the things in your life now or the things later in your life, this book will be a great resource for you. To help you see how you well, you will hold those different things. Also, we got a book on called The Purpose of Singleness. If you're looking for a resource to help you maximize and find the purpose of your singleness, great resource there. If you're looking for a resource um, to make sure that you're dating the right person. Also, to teach you how to date God, date yourself, come date a boat, so that you can be uh, uh, date the love of your life forever. If, it's a, if you're looking for a great resource with questions to help you end the wrong relationship or extend the right one, great resource here. We also got a book on spiritual discernment to determine what's a counterfeit account part books on soul ties and strongholds children's books as well as a book on spiritual warfare and how to put on the whole armor of god i think that's it i think we got a lot of people coming in now wow here we go because i know i haven't done a live q a in a while so i'm glad to be here i got a long evening this evening so i said right, let me go ahead and get this live q a out right now uh, so i can serve you all because it's been a while jameson reese says hey coach wondering what you'll say to a young man in their 20s about being cheated on and the mental and spiritual process of getting over that. Also, how to break all soul ties and connections to them. Great question, family. So uh, let me tell you something about being a young man. Um, the things about being a young man is realizing um, what can I give to a woman? What can I offer? Oftentimes, a lot of young men, that especially those who have been cheated on, they've given husband-like traits to girlfriends. And anytime you give something of that magnitude to someone that don't have that uh, ability to manage it, you're going to see the mismanagement of it, right? And so when it comes to understanding who you are, you have to make sure that you are settling God, rested in God, allowing God to settle you and find contentment in your singleness, right? And in regards to being cheated on, man, people cheat on things that they can't defeat to a degree or they cheat on things that they feel they have already defeated. And what I mean by that is some people just they can't interpret value. A lot of people that get cheated on, the individual doesn't really doesn't want to take the time to study. They don't take the, they don't want to take the time to study you and get to know you for you. Therefore, they'll cheat on you with someone else that's at their mathematical level. Right. And so oftentimes people who do cheat, they try to keep you in their back pocket because they don't have enough uh, um, um, subtleness in of themselves to be a person able to uh, to be in a relationship with you. Right. So people are going to cheat. The difference is between people who cheat and the ones that don't is being in God's will to find the ones that won't, right? Or the one that won't, right? Now, the mental and spiritual process of getting over being cheated, let's start with the mental. Number one, you have to get a sheet of paper out and write down everything you learned from that relationship. 
everything that you learned. Uh, uh, um, because when you learn, then you can earn, right? The issue is a lot of us, we get so caught up in the emotional realm that we never take the emotions and put them into black and white. See, emotions are colorful, but when you get a white sheet of paper with black ink, you will begin to see what caused you to sink, right? And then you will begin to see, okay, what do I need to do to be on the brink of my purpose, right? So mentally, you got to see it on paper. What can you learn or what did you learn from this relationship? What, did, what can you learn about yourself? The number one thing that you can learn about yourself is uh, how vulnerable you became too early. That's one thing you got to learn that not everybody deserves access um, to your heart. The issue is the reason why people cheat is because they received more than they should have received, right? Therefore, maybe you were more serious. Maybe you had more uh, structure and standards in your life. So they cheated on you because they couldn't get anything from you, right? So mentally, you got to begin to see what you can learn from a relationship and then begin to look at it as a lesson, not a loss, don't look at what you lost in this relationship. Look at what you can learn from this relationship. And when you learn from it, then you can earn from it. Now you got to change the way you think about that person. You got to look at that person like Jesus did on the cross to us, not to us necessarily, but the people that was there. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You got to forgive her for she didn't know what she was doing. Because if she did, she wouldn't have cheated on you. Secondly, how you get over mentally. Now you got to say, okay, what will I choose to think on now? Thoroughly, you got to be able to say, how can I utilize this as fuel to go forward? Not fuel to 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 show her uh, that you're better or to show them that you're better, but fuel for you to go forward in the things of God. Go forward. Utilize it as a moment in time, a chapter in your life story that is revealing the greatest story ever told through you. Now, spiritually... You got to say, okay, God, I forgive her. Number one, you got to look deep inside of your spirit and say, okay, what got me in it? You got to look at your soul and to see what got you a hold of this thing. What vulnerabilities do you have? What kind of voice do you have? What kind of deep desires do you have? Is there lust there? Is there insecurities there? Because if we deal with the root issue on the fruit issue, but never the root issue, the fruit will only reveal itself again to you. So you got to say, okay, number one, what can I learn from this? Number two, what should I think from this? And how can this fuel me to be fruitful for the glory of God? And then spiritually, you got to say, okay, Holy Spirit, show me the root issue in me. Then the Holy Spirit's going to show you, well, maybe you need to forgive your dad. Maybe you need to forgive your mom. Maybe you need to forgive whatever wounded you first because this woman didn't wound you first. This individual didn't wound you first. Someone else wounded you first for you to walk into something without the discernment needed to distinguish whether or not this person was a counterfeit or a counterpart. And you just got to move on. You definitely got to forgive every party involved. And you said also how to break all soul ties and connections to them. Well, you got to examine your soul because that's the thing that's tied. Now, your soul comprises of your thoughts, memories, emotions, ideas, perspectives, knowledge, etc., so you got to check. I want you to write all those different things down. And I want you to write down what thoughts do I have tied to her still? I tend to think about this with her, right? Then you got to talk about the memories. What are the monumental moments that you've experienced with her that's causing you to still be tied to her? All right. Now you got to think about what kind of ideas is your soul trying to trying to conjure up to either get back with her or him or to or to or to uh, prove to them that she was better. 
Then you got to say, okay, what feelings am I feeling towards this person? Then you got to talk about what can I learn? What do I know about this person that shows me that this person wasn't even supposed to be with me or I should be with them? So you write down all the thoughts involved, all the emotions involved, all the memories involved, all the ideas involved. Also, then last but not least, I want you to write down the new perspectives you need to have because of this. Then when you begin to write down all the thoughts, all the memories, all those different things on paper, then you can utilize the word of God to counsel them out. Then you can begin to see what the word of God says to you about you, about your thoughts. What the Bible says, then right beside those things that you said about thoughts, write down scriptures beside them. Um, thinking on things that are above, think on things that are lovely, pure, just. Um, all the scriptures about thoughts. Then I want you to write down scriptures about memories. And let me tell you something about memories. You cannot change them, but you can change the way you view them. Your past was meant to be a place of reference and a place of residence. So your memories were only used to help you maneuver differently as you move forward. And as you, as you write those different things down, then you begin to repent for thinking wrongly, repent for remembering wrongly, repent from uh, perceiving wrongly, repent from feeling wrongly. Then the Holy Spirit will then help you navigate to find the, the demonic ties that may be involved. Then you can start renouncing the attachments to those different things and then ask the Holy Spirit to help you renew your mind. Now you got to say, okay, what thought should I think towards her? What thought should I think towards myself? What thought should I think towards this situation? Then you got to say, okay, how can I utilize my memory bank to make bank? How can I use my memory bank to make bank? How can I learn from this? Then you got to say, okay, what are the feelings that I'm feeling? How can I reverse these feelings? That activity alone will help you begin to dive deep into why you even sold tie in the first place. Make sure you also check out this book on soul ties. It's a great book. A lot of things that I share in that is in that book, The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties and Uproot Strongholds. This book right here will help you tremendously on getting a little bit more deeper and how and I have prayers in here, different things that you can engage with God with to help you untie those soul ties. Thank you for trusting me with your question, fam. Uh, Marino says, what's going on, coach? God bless. God bless you, too. Christina says, hey, coach. Hey, hope, hey hope you're well. Aries says. Hey coach, is it okay to ignore someone who did you wrong or don't uh, or don't because life is too short? Also, what do you do when someone is trying to provoke you because they're mad that they messed up? Great question, Aries. Let's start with the first one. Is it okay to ignore? There's nothing wrong with ignoring because you got to watch where you pay your attention. Attention is currency. Every social media company is after your attention because attention leads to currency. Attention leads to more money, right? And so if anything, if it's going to cause you to snore, ignore. If it's going to cause you uh, uh, to, to, uh, to not excel, then exhale. Get it out your life. It's nothing wrong with ignoring it. And, 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 if, and if you know that they're wrong for you, you don't have time to pay your attention. You have to ask yourself, uh, what am I paying my attention to? And what will be the return on an investment? So if there's no return on an investment when I pay my attention to it, then all I can do to it is ignore it. Because if I don't ignore it, it's taking my attention away from something that may provide a little bit more return on that investment. Right. And, and less because life is too short. The Bible says, uh, make the best use of the time for the days are evil. 
It says, uh, uh, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time for the days are evil. The days are too evil for you to be paying attention to things that ain't going to provide any type of eternal or earthly value. So there's nothing wrong with ignoring someone. I don't care how many times they call or how many times they attempt to be in your life. Reject, 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 block, block, block. Get them out your life. You said also, what do you do when someone is trying to provoke you uh, because they mad that they messed up? Hey, man. If they messed up, let leave them alone to clean the mess up. If they mess up, leave them alone to clean the mess up. You don't got to be there. Don't let them provoke you to get a napkin and help them clean the mess up. That's the mess they made. And you got to begin to look at your emotions to ask yourself what about them significantly has caused you to be provoked easily. All right? You got to say, okay, now I got to start cutting my ties with this individual because they're provoking me. Now, who are they to you? Get a sheet of paper. I want you to write down the person's name. Under that person, I want you to write down who are they to you. Next up, I want you to write on a scale of 1 to 10, how much, how strong are your feelings towards that person? Once you write then, I want you to write up under there, why are your feelings that strong for that person? And up under there, I want you to ask why they should no longer be in your life anymore. Then that's when you find the facts over the feelings. Then you begin to say, I shouldn't even waste my time having feelings for someone that it doesn't have any type of, uh, 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 God sent qualifications to even be in my life because when you start beginning to investigate the feelings the reasons why etc etc then you can start unpeeling or peeling back off of those feelings so that you can begin to see what God has for you to do and but you leave them to clean the mess up wherever they messed up you don't have to help them clean that mess up hope to help Christina says are you still doing coach sessions I am I have to reserve it for probably June and July and August the school year got a little bit heavier than what I thought when I began to advertise it before. But, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention it. If you need one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, go ahead and get your emails in now. I will go to the top and then scroll down. But those who I've coached before will probably, they are stars, so they'll probably be up top. But let me know what your coaching budget is. Let me know what you need. Get it in there now. Get it in there now so I can be able to organize and structure my summer to help you all. Golden Christian says, hey, coach, uh, what's the process for you when you turn your life to Jesus? What age? Great question. Well, I've been walking with God or been um, chosen by God since I was about four or five years old. So I've been to church since I was four. I've been walking with God since I was four. Nineteen was the year when I really devoted my life to God. I gave up the hoop dreams. I gave up all the other dreams. And I said in my dorm room at Oral Roberts University, I was looking out the window and the presence of God was so heavy upon me that I fell to the ground weeping, weeping. And uh, all I felt in my spirit while I was looking out the window was that um, uh, if I don't do blank, if I don't do what I'm called to do, what will happen to them? And students was going to class, I began to have a burden for my peers. I began to have a burden for my generation. I began to have that burden. And then at 19 was when I really began to walk with Jesus um, wholeheartedly. Now, from that point to now, of course, there was moments where, you know, uh, 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 pride got in the way, different things, but God was pruning me in that time. But as far as turning my life towards Jesus, I will say at the age of 19, and so what was the process for you? Um, usually, uh, well, with me, it was a very strong burden for uh, for my generation and a strong burden to really tap into my purpose. And that's when I wrote, began to start writing my first book. And, and the process was just was just that burden. First, I believe God gives you a taste of the burden that he wants you to help carry. 
And then from there, then there comes the burning, the pruning. Then there comes, then there comes the building, and then there comes the beholding, and there, then there becomes the uh, becoming that individual. And so I probably in the becoming phase. Uh, built, I don't built a lot, uh, but that was the process for me. I hope to help. But 19 was the age when I began to really turn in that direction to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. Angelina Austin says, hey, coach, I recently started dating someone who follows Jesus, but sometimes he doesn't always text me back and or call me. Is this a deal breaker when someone doesn't want to communicate with me? Great question. Well, the first thing you must do is to ask that person, um, how, do they like, how do they like to communicate? I'm not a good texter. I, I, I'm not group. I'm in group text right now that I ain't texting months. I'm just not a good texter. I don't have time to text. Uh, I don't have time to um, really divulge thought unless it's, it's something coaching wise or wife. You know what I'm saying? But as far as texting, I, I wasn't I'm, I wasn't I'm not good at texting. So I'm more of a face to face communicator or uh, a speakerphone communicator. You know what I'm saying? Something where I'm able to still be proactive in doing something else while attentively listening. Right. And so texting really takes me away from nexting. What's the next thing I'm supposed to begin to? So texting is not my big deal. So before you make a big deal or make this a deal breaker, ask to see if you can make a deal with this person and say, OK, what is our common ground of communication? Uh, if you don't like texting, then you got to compromise. Relationship is all about finding common ground, not to compromise the things of God, but to have a compromise in God. So you may be a texting person. You could text all day, but they may be a person that's face to face. And usually people who have busier lives or more full lives don't have time to text. Now, they can get on the phone with you from place to place, can kind of chop it up with you as they go from point A to point uh, uh, Z. Right. But when it comes to texting, you have to literally stop what you're doing to text. And some people don't have the multitasking ability to do that. Right. So you have to um, begin to say, OK, before I make a causes to be a deal breaker, let me make a deal with this individual and say, OK, what are some commonalities or common grounds that we can find our footing so that we won't walk away from something, potentially the things of God. Right. So before you give up, ask that question on what kind of communication style did that person have? Right. Uh, so I recently started dating someone who follows Jesus, but sometimes he doesn't always text me back and or call me. Now, that's texting. Now, call not calling you back. That might that probably is a red flag. Like if you took the initiative to call someone and they don't call you back. Now, what you got to ask me, you got to tell me what's the call back time is the call back that uh, they do they call you back like in the same day or they don't call you back for days. Now, they don't call you back for days. And that's a problem. That's a problem. That just shows that, that you might have a double life. If you can't call me back right away, you might have a double life, which means you may have a full wife. <laughs> right. So is this a deal breaker when someone doesn't want to communicate with me? Um, yeah, it depends. If you already have a conversation on communication, this person is still not trying to find a common ground for you to be able to communicate effectively, efficiently, efficiently then yeah, that, that's the deal breaker. Um, but you have to also examine their life. Are they busier or is their life more full right now? And, um, and are y'all official? Is this just something like y'all just went out last week and now you're expecting like marital status communication? Then you just have to process that. Let me see if you wrote anything else. Angelina, no, I don't see anything else. Anything for clarity purposes. Okay. 
Hope to help. Christina Sanders says, how can a woman present herself appropriately to be pursued by a kingdom man without looking desperate? Great question. Any type of pursuit towards a man will make you look desperate. Desperation comes when a person finds himself out of dependency on God. There are certain things in the pursuit process of relationship that God is the only one that can do. Right. So the only way you can present yourself is twofold. You have to threefold. You have to present yourself to God every day. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. So you got to present yourself to God. Are you a living sacrifice? Are you are you a, a reasonable worship? Are, are you an individual that's always present before God? Because before you bec can become a present to someone else, you got to be in God's presence with your present. So that he can maximize it, mold it, stretch it, uh, uh, maximize it so that you, when you are now presented to someone else, you are fully a gift. The issue is a lot of people think that they are the prize, but they're not the prize. All this flesh air is even in his, it, both ladies and gentlemen, even in his handsomeness or beauty is nothing but wrapping paper. People think that because they look good, that they are the prize, but the prize is on the inside. What can you offer the person that's beyond the body right and so when you present yourself to god god will then begin to package inside of this box this clay shell gifts and talents and intangible abilities to be able to provide stability from their vantage point of a relationship right so then after you present yourself to god now you got to present yourself to yourself present yourself to yourself and say okay what do i like what i see and, and while you read the word, let the word read you so that you can be readable by the one that can interpret what God has written on the scrolls of your heart. And then you got to present yourself and be present in your purpose. You got to be present with God, present with yourself, present in your purpose. When I did those three things, then God is providential timing presented me to my wife. All right. Let me tell you something. When a woman pursues a man or makes herself available to be pursued, right, then it stifles the pursuit of the man, which then makes the man subconsciously believe that you are easy, easy come, easy goes, right? Now, the most appropriate way for you to present yourself to be pursued by a kingdom man is to be present on your duty for the kingdom, because when you are present for the kingdom, then the kingdom man, when he's present for the kingdom himself, purposes align, people align. You the, the maximum opportunity, the best way, I think, in my opinion, to meet the one that God has for you is to be immersed in your purpose. Because purpose lets you know what type of person you need. So before you present yourself, ask yourself, what am I truly presenting? What can I even offer this kingdom man? Can can I am I am, am I well rounded? What can I provide him physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially? Do I have financial stewardship abilities or do I have financial re uh, residual income abilities? Do is my mind stable or my or is or am I still haunted by the memories in my mind? Am I physically fit and attractive enough? I'm not saying that you got to be a stick. Because some men like them thick, and that's it. But whatever it is, make sure you are the best, no matter how shapely you are. Hold on, give me one sec. See, I'm still at school, so we kids are, kids are heading home now. 
But you got also, uh, uh, what is the present? What can I present when I'm present in front of my kingdom man? That is what will distract you from being distracted about wondering who the individual may be. Because you're focused on something greater. You're focusing on becoming greater. You're focusing on one who is greater, who is God. And you focus on becoming a, 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 a providing great resources for him. Right? So be in your purpose. Because when you're in your purpose, you have a greater chance of meeting your person. And when you're led by God and you trust God's leading, you don't have to worry about meeting that individual. So that looking desperate means um, that I'm, I'm at all the church events. I'm at all the single events. I'm going to all this and all that. Just hoping someone to pursue them. That's too much work. All you got to do is work your work and everything else will work itself out. Hope that. Marino says, what to do when you have people in a church who persecute you, make fun and try to bring you down? Hey, man, don't let them bring you down. So what do you do is you ignore them. What do you do is ignore them because they're so focused on your life. They have nothing to, to show for their life. And so if they persecute you first, you got to ask yourself, is this church that God wants you to be? Is this where God wants you to be? Because uh, wherever God wants you to be, you will learn from that place and you will earn from that place versus being burnt in that place. Right. Because a lot of things, a lot of places God has you is, is to learn a lot about what not to do. Right. So what to do when people in the church persecute you? Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep pursuing the things of God. Ignore them and examine your heart sensitivity levels. Um, that's an important thing. You got to examine your sensitivity level. Some people are just really sensitive and you got to say, okay, I got to allow God to make me a little bit stronger or thick skinned it so that I won't be so easily uh, 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 affected by other people so that you'll be able to be even more used by God in greater, in greater places in greater faces without being easily affected by what other people are saying. Hope to help. Lenita says, Hey coach, how to balance ministry and relationships and relationship with God when your heart wants to serve and you love God, but want to make sure he's first. I know he gives grace for where he calls you how to balance. Great question. This is something that I just came out of not too long ago that I've learned um, and, and really have been applying to the best of my ability uh, with everything that's on my plate. So ministry relationship with God. First off, you cannot minister unless you have been ministered to. You cannot minister unless you are ministered to, right? I think, oh yeah, right after Jesus was tested in ministry, they said the Bible says the angels came and ministered to him. Uh, uh, being ministered to by God is very vital in your ministry because if you don't allow God to minister and to strengthen you in your own personal relationship with him, right, then you won't be able to really serve. You got to understand what servanthood is. You can only serve what you have been graced to serve. Now, you have been graced for the calling, but there's graces for the delivery. So there's grace for the calling. God has given you a grace, a capacity to minister. But you also have to be understanding of that just because I have the grace to minister, that I have to be guided in the ministry. That God may only give you a 15-minute grace period, <laughs> a grace period with the person. God may not even attend for you to talk to them for two hours. God, you have to be led by God because God may say, I only gave you the grace for 15 minutes in this conversation, but you made it two hours. I only gave you a grace to deliver this word, but you got off into your own messages, and now you impacted the people, but it wasn't anointed enough to destroy the yokes. So you have the grace or the calling 
to do what he's called you, but you cannot really balance it out. Your faithfulness must be balanced by your fervency. And your fervency comes from fellowship. When you fellowship with God, you develop a level of fervency. And that fervency has to be followed through or funneled through. So now that fervency has to be guided. Because what happens is we won't fellowship, but we have this inspired fervency where we inspire by other preachers, inspired by everybody else to have this fervency, but it has to be funneled through. It has to be funneled. It has to be guided so that it can produce the fruit that it needs to produce, right? But you can't have it without daily, day in, day out fellowship of God so that when it's time to have build that fervency, it's funneled by the Holy Spirit and you don't mind being led. And then you're actually being fruitful to those that you've been called to. So your heart and your hand cannot be greater than your help. You can have a big heart and big hands to serve, a big heart to serve, but you got to know where your help comes from. And you got to be humble enough to know how to help, when to help, and even if you should help. So how to balance ministry relationship with God when your heart wants to serve in the love of God but want to make sure he's first? You got to put him first because if he's not first, then you're going to end up in a hearse before you was meant to be. So, this hold on. Time, this will be your final call. Okay, the kids got to get home. They get home. So what I'm saying is you have to see the, vi the vitalness of putting him first. The value. See, vitalness means it's vital to put him first. Because no, anything after him being first is fulfilled, is fruitful, is filled. You also have to see the value of putting him first. <clears throat> that when he's first, I actually increase in everything that's after him being first. God not only has to be first in order to be effective as a minister, he has to be first and at the center of everything. He has to be welcomed into everything. He has to be allowed into everything. He has to be the Lord over everything. And in that lordship, the ship can then sail. Your vessel can then sail and then have the gospel prevail through you wherever he wants to send you. Hope to help. That, that, was, that was full and jam-packed, but, I, but I, hope, I hope it gave you what you need. I got time for maybe two more and I got to go. Got to get some other things done. Uh, man, a lot of questions. Let's see here. TJ Dream says, TJ Dream says, why would God bless me with a part-time job when I wanted a full-time job? I'm grateful for the job, but I wanted more money for a car and to invest into my music career. Great question. Been there, done that. You have to examine your heart to ask yourself, do I love the car and the music career more than God? Because only time prosperity comes before pruning is in a dictionary. You have to be pruned first before you're prospered second, right? So everything that comes from God is a blessing. The first job in the school system that I got, God told me to pick the uh, part-time, not, uh, not the full-time, the 36-hour version of working in school versus the full-time in benefits. I thought that was dumb, especially when I was trying to marry my wife. I was like, God, why are you want me to do that? But my uh, uh, walking with God wisdom came up to the, to the surface to let me know, hey, man. There's a reason why you got less. Oftentimes, God puts you in situations like that so that you will keep things in perspective. That God can do more with a little. Look at the boy with the five loaves and two fish. God can do a lot with a little. That five loaves, two fish end up having 12 baskets full. 
So you got to say, okay, God, no matter where I am, I'm going to serve you there because typically we want God to bless us so that we can be blessed with the thing that we think will be end up being our God. So you have to have an honest conversation about your career goals. You have to have a really honest, uh, 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 you have to have a really honest conversation about uh, the car you want. Because if you love the car and the career more than the Christ, then you're going to really have a bumpy life. And you have to understand that I told the students today, before you receive your dream job, you got to first go through developing jobs, jobs that develops you for the dream job. Because if you can't manage a part time job, you're not going to be able to manage a full time job. God does things in order and he does things to organize your perspectives so that you can be the person you need to be when you're planted in a, in a dream job. You will know how to communicate, how to engage people. You will know how to do that stuff in a, in a different stage of your life gotta go y'all love y'all i pray this uh video was a blessing to you thank y'all so much for enjoying uh for engaging this content love you all let me give you let you guys know about some things i got going on like my latest book facts over feelings how to go from feeling to fulfilling your purpose also i got another book uh where is that the wholeness journal if you want to learn how to hold the right things well that's a great book and great resource there as well also got a card game that goes with it also, if you're looking to understand the purpose of your singleness, as well as how to maximize your singleness, you can also get this book here. If you want to learn how to be uh, uh, date God and become dateable for the love of your life forever, this book would be a great resource here. If you want to learn the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart and how to continuously discern throughout the days of your life, great book here. If you want to learn how to untie soul ties untie and uproot strongholds this book the purpose of freedom be a great book for you if you got a kid third grade fourth grade up to sixth seventh grade great book here check that book out also if you're struggling with spiritual warfare and you want to learn about the whole armor of god great book right here thank y'all so much for joining me on this live you welcome family i'm glad that feedback was a blessing to you um i see y'all next time peace